everybody on this Wednesday podcast. How's everybody doing today? Pretty cold here in the USA. I hope everybody had a good holiday. Like I said on yesterday's Quick Quest, Quick Quest podcast. Get my hellos in here. I hope everybody enjoyed the show last night in the USA. I know on Sunday, the Canadians will get it on Sunday. Or if you got a VPN, you can watch it when we watch it at 9 p.m. Eastern time here in the USA. Let's get my hellos in here. Oh, my lordy, 40. A lot of people are in here already. Hello, Gloria. Brenda. There's Joe. There's Neil. Another Brenda. Jeff M. Hello, Sideways. Becky Gilmore. Hello, hello, hello. Yep, type in hashtag hat to win the first Quest hat for 2024 tonight. Hello, Patricia. I'll mail it to you around the world. But if it's international, like people know, I'll need your phone number, stamps.com. I need your phone number for international. And put your information to the Quest of Oak Island at AOL.com with a nice clear address, name, it only stays with me, and I'll get the hat out to you as soon as possible. Hello, Gary Hills. As people start coming in. Hello, Judy Neal, Neil McDonald. People are straggling. Hello, Luann. The Martin Guitar Runnock. Unbelievable. There is Judy. Judy's feeling under the weather. She'll be with us, I hopefully, uh, next week. Told her just take your time, get healthy. Everybody has these colds. I had it for like eight weeks. Just relax and behave. There's Carol saying, Hi, John. I hear you. Yep, Joe, if you already want a hat, don't put in hashtag hat. It's only for people that have not won a Quest baseball cap. And there's Sydney. I can hear you. I can see you. So we're good to go. We got the good to go from Sydney. Otherwise, I don't know if people are hearing me or I'm just talking to myself in the studio. Hello, Robert. And let uh, StreamYard use your profile picture and your name just above in Facebook. It'll say, just click on that, uh, click on that StreamYard uh, highlight, and you can be all with me on one monitor. I hear you, Judy. Yup, Joe. Hello, Jan. How are you? Well, today I recognize all my supporters and my members that support me. 
Hello, robot. Thanks for coming in. And uh, Tuesday's pre-show, I like to have interviews. Yesterday was a quick one. Didn't have much but the promo. But today, if anybody's showing my live podcast, I mean, the first 10 to 15 minutes is a lot of thank yous, and then just we'll cut to the chase after that. Hello, David. Waiting for people to come in. Hello, Tammy Hurst. Hello, Pete. Please subscribe. Please like. Please support if you can the channel, if you like the podcast that I've been doing for the past now going on eight years. We're doing pretty good for just doing one show. It's the Curse of Oak Island show we discussed. And uh, we just go day by day. That's all. That's all we can do. Hello, Gary's in the house. And these are the people that support me on a monthly basis to keep this show running. Uh, YouTube supporters, a couple of Patreon supporters. We got the captains, the marshals, and the masters. And I want to thank Sideways, Betty, Dave, Jumpier, Caroline, Super, Sandra, Mark, Becky, Wayne, Alina, Nelson, Paul, Carol, Virginia, Gary, Rebecca, Barbara, Starlene, Jeff M., Sand Dollar Ray and Roxy for all their support. There's Sand Dollar, as I said his name. There he is right there. Hello, Sand Dollar. And everybody have the best of 2024. Start off on the right foot. Also got to thank Joanne and Hardaby for their support. Also, Judy's not here, but I always thank her for all the work she does for the channel. Got to thank Daniel Spino. For all the work he does now with Charlotte, I thank him so much. Always follow his blog, him and Charlotte, on the Compendium Reboot. Their blog is fantastic. Interviews. Very, very good. And also, we hope Osprey Muyan or Muyan Osprey comes back for the summer of 2024 not sure hello franklin so we're gonna have to pray he comes back for 2024 because obviously there's a lot of things to find on the island and i think there'll be a season 12 but that's my own personal opinion on the rate they're going it doesn't take much to get 22 episodes um out of a year plus all the support he gets from us podcasters, uh, the show, we get no credit from them, but we also keep the interest up in between shows and all summer long to keep the hype going. You know what I mean, guys? I want to thank all my moderators. Tammy, Judy, Daniel, Starlene, Kathy, and Tanya from Portugal, who watches when we're asleep. Also on the YouTube side, always, Jeff M. and Gloria, I thank you so much for what you do on the YouTube side, because the YouTube side is a wild, wild place. We got our lifetime contributor, Chris Dona, the Starman. 
I got to thank my main members. They're from the Quest of Oak Island Facebook group with almost 70,000 people. Right now, we're live to Facebook, YouTube, and Twitter. Hello, live on Twitter. We had about 80 views on Twitter yesterday, so that's pretty good. The other platforms I belong to, uh, Twitch, Rumble, not much on there. I haven't updated that at all. I'm on Discord after the show. You should join there. I do screenshots as the show's doing and going. And also, our Instagram's getting a little traction, slowly but surely. And also, we're on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, iHeartRadio, Spotify Podcasts, Pandora Podcasts, and Amazon with Alexa. Can you believe that? We're with Alexa on our podcast. So we keep everybody updated pretty much on what's happening. Sideways, thank you. Thank you so much. We got to start all over. Everything's been paid for 2023. Streaming services, edit services. The free freebies just doesn't uh, do it for what I need. And I thank you so much. Hello, Hook, Kathy. Hello, Lori. What did you guys think of last night's show before we get into the screenshots? It was a void at all costs. Hello, Scott. Hello, David. Thank you. I mean, uh, avoid at all costs. Hello, Ricardo. We know January 30th, episode 12. It's called Digging Back In. Episode 11, Plugged Up. Episode 10, Chain Reaction. Episode 9, Filling Cavities. So like I said, we don't know how much they're going to show from the promo. They're just giving us little crumbs until they take out the big guns. Yep, Becky. The hook was disappointed. We saw a lot of caverns, a lot of holes, but yet the money pit is a ton of voids. You know, see ones in that area, into that cavern. Now you got Aladdin's cave. So it's a situation there is a lot of voids in that area. Yep, blurry, not clear videos. Two areas of interest, yeah, tunnels and caverns, yeah. We didn't see much wood, though. So we're seeing some tunnels instead of wood. There's the professor. Thanks for coming in. But uh, we're off the wood kick for now. And we'll go on there. You know, we'll get back to the wood kick. Uh, Lot five. Coming up with some puzzle pieces. And the more and more puzzle pieces they have. Hello, Potsy. Mm 
Well, David said, unfortunately, I don't have TV, only a phone and internet, so I really look forward to your overview. Keeps me informed. Thank you so much, David. That's what we try to do. Hello, hobbies, hobo. And uh, we'll just go from there, you know what I mean? So I had this one member, which it made sense on YouTube, guys. Of all the cameras they have to go down a tube, then once the camera goes into the cavern, the tube of the camera, and on the bottom of the camera, the lens goes circular in 360 degrees, right? That camera has to be all enclosed. That camera should be inside the shell of that camera, obviously, you know, with glass around the bottom so it can see. So it's not turning like a small propeller in the cavern to get all the silt crazy. I agree with that YouTube member, a thousand, two thousand, five thousand percent. Holy Muyan, Merry Christmas, Lordy Forty. The garden shaft was an abandoned searcher shaft. It makes sense that we'll find evidence of operations and workings. Yeah. And inside caverns, maybe to like Scott said, to start wood. Uh, you have a little little void on the right that you're piling wood in there as you're making the cavern in the old days. I hear you. Thank you so much, David. Thank you. Thank you. Hello, Tammy. Yeah, but Luann, if they had a camera that the whole shell, that the camera's inside the shell and not spinning around like a propeller, then the water gets like a tornado. That's all they would need when they drop the camera down there after the drilling part settled down. And there's Tammy. Tammy's in the house. Glad to see you, Tammy. Exactly, John. Should be no surprise unless they find the Holy Grail or a five-foot-high solid gold menorah, which I'm still, the more things they find, especially on the barrel stuff, uh, Daniel, barrel bands, tops of little keg barrels, the more and more I'm getting with you that this place was mostly uh, a trading place, uh, runners, illegal stuff, a military encampment, more than buyers of gold and truckloads of silver and five-foot solid gold menorahs. Uh, Johnny's got the hope there, but you got to go with the science says. You know what I mean? 
or six foot, I don't know. And Joe says, I think the wood at the garden shaft was pre-searcher. It was 1730. But whatever happened on the island happened long, long ago. And whatever was there is gone. Yup, Joe, we live in hope. Smuggler's Cove. So it was, it was a nice place. They're like places in America or whatever. You got them one spots in the town that somebody has all that black market stuff. And I think Oak Island was uh, that way after a while, like a black market Oak Island for uh, everybody up there. Here's Ray. Yep, a lot of supplies will be stored in barrels, foodstuffs, supplies to show. Yeah, for the soldiers, yep. We have a place here called Smuggler's Cove, about 75 miles from the island. Yep, yep. So the more they show, which we want the science to show us, guys. Let the science show us. Yep, Jan, it was a giant pawn shop. You got it. Because are they showing us anything except for gold and silver in the water samples? That's not floating Johnny's boat. The hope level, yeah. In the hand level, no. Daniel, you took the words right out of the mouth, my mouth. Daniel says, I'm a firm believer something went down in Oak Island before it was used for smuggling. Yep. Yep. Some kind of tunneling was done. For what purpose? We don't know. Can we find some crumbs? Now in 2023? Not yet. But as far as truckloads of silver, gold and silver and minerals in the water, I say it's all coming from Gold River going to the sponge or Swiss cheese block, Oak Island. I keep the hope up, but I'm getting like Marty more and more. I got to see something. I have to see something. Even if it's a little crumb of something of some existence, this is what I have to see. But you got the production side of the show and you got us. The treasure hunters, treasure seekers, researchers that just want, you know, what happened at Oak Island? The history is great. And uh, the rest of it is like, oh, I don't know. Yup, Kathy, they're throwing us a few bones, just not the golden bone. So like I said, something was there, now it's gone. They can dig all they want. Like I said, my hope is up there, but scientifically wise, item wise, surface finds, the place was inhabited by a lot of different people through the years. Don't forget the Indians now. And uh, I do think it was two islands at one time. We also know the swamp is man-made. 
We've scanned that about a million times, maybe not dig it in the right spots, but that's my own personal opinion. <clears throat> like Fred Nolan says, it was two islands at one time. And once it was made a swamp, it's just sort of a dump site for everybody that lived there. We haven't found any oxen shoes yet. So that's a good sign. So what do you guys think? You guys actually think there's a six foot or five foot golden menorah on the island or went by the island? Do you actually think the Ark of the Covenant is buried on the island? Do you actually think there's bars of gold and silver on the island? Let me hear you. The hook. No. I like, we got to be uh, direct. No. We give them credit when credit's due. We don't give them credit when they don't deserve it. So mostly we're here to find out just like what happened there. As far as finding a valuable treasure like a shipwreck that was found from uh, 1610 full of pottery and gold and emeralds and gems that's for florida as far as the island's concerned they have to show me something sand dollar maybe gold all right all right i want to hear you guys you know what i mean i want to hear it You know, the Mi'kmaq, they were there way before anybody else there. They never give them any credit. I try to get a, uh, a hold of the Mi'kmaq chief up there in Nova Scotia, but I couldn't get her to come on. Lori says, yes, treasure gold. Ray says, maybe great religious relics were there at one time. Yep. Daniel says, after all the research I've completed, I believe the earliest Europeans on the island were there in the 1500s. Scott, I was hoping the season was going to be more interesting from the start. Not yet. Tommy Temper, elevated gold and silver in the water levels point to a shipwreck booty or just natural in the water. Even though they say the levels are too high, I got to see it. I got to see the material. Here's Joe. No religious treasures, but maybe gold and silver from a more recent non- Templar treasure. We're believers. Lori says it's in the water. Science proves it. Just need to find it. I mean, if Gold River has been hitting this sponge for centuries, it will build up minerals underneath Oak Island. And here's Pot C. 
I mean, here's David. Over 10,000 shipwrecks in North Nova Scotia waters. I hear Nova Scotia waters, yeah. If I thought there was nothing at all to be found, probably wouldn't be watching. Yeah, but you'd be watching me, wouldn't you, Potsy? Yup, Glory, I tried. I agree with Tammy Williams. Wish we can get the tribal story. Yeah, I want the Indian side of the story. And here's Daniel teasing us. Well, I'll say those there in the 1500s may have put something there that was perhaps Templar related. I'll explain soon. Unbelievable. Well, we're hoping Judy's going to get better. So instead of Judy, we have her replacement from the UK called Madison. So Madison will be doing Judy synopsis. And it'll be printed out on our Facebook channel. And Madison will be on Patreon as the audio. So you guys let me know how the video comes out like usual. Let me know if you can hear it good. Let me know if you can see it good. Because from my studio, everything looks like it's working. So here's Judy's synopsis by Madison, and then I'll be right back with you. Let me know in the chat. Also, hashtag hat for a new hat that nobody has won one yet. And let me know how Madison does Judy synopsis in three, two, one. Season 11, episode eight, avoid at all cost. It's a disappointing new day on Oak Island as the team gathers at the garden shaft to witness water pouring in through the side walls near the bottom of the shaft. Mother Nature isn't bringing this water in, so what made it start? Could it be a flood tunnel? Dumas has drilled small holes in the side walls to drain the water in hopes of finding the source of the water. While doing this, they came across a hole or void in a side wall that is completely dry. Dumas has to stop the flow of the water before they can take a look in this mysterious void. They will now start filling the holes and any cracks with foam in order to prevent more water from entering the shaft. Will they be able to stop this influx of water? Over on Lot 5, the archaeological team is examining the circular structure that is now full of water from the recent tropical storm. While they are pumping the water, they can thankfully work on the outer surfaces of the... Structure! Laird says it should be dry enough tomorrow to work in the centre of the structure. Back in the money pit area, the team is getting ready to put the sonar scanner down into Aladdin's cave. The cave is 60 feet west of the garden shaft. The scanner image shows that the cave looks to be the shape of a crescent moon, and Terry points out that there is sharp edges on the sides. Steve says the cave doesn't look natural, and they are hoping to get a 3D image made from the scanner image. They decide they will drill a new borehole west of the cave to see how far it goes. Marty declares, let's do it. 
Later, the team meets with Carmen as he examines the two artefacts found on Lot 5 last week. Emma brings up an image of the first artefact, and Carmen says it is a heavy strap off of a chest or trunk, and it was probably 12 ins x 12 ins in size. It's probably from the 1600s, early 1700s, and has no modern metals in it. The second artefact, Carmen says, is a crudely made nail so wouldn't have. Been used on anything, Fank, and from the 1600s, 1 plus 700s. Both artefacts are from the same time period of the Phipps artefacts. Back on lot 5, the water has been removed from the circular structure and the team is again digging inside the structure. Helen and Moya find a strap off of a barrel and Helen says it seems to be made of copper and iron. Jack reminds us that many barrel straps have been found on the island and some from as early as the 1400s. The team is now wondering if Lot 5 was a staging area for the building of the money pit. The drill can again be heard in the money pit area, where the team has begun the drilling of New Borehole L, 13.5 just west of Aladdin's cave. At 141 feet down, they hit 6 feet of open space, which they believe is Aladdin's cave, and the bottom is made up of grit and soil. Steve inserts the waterproof, 120 high-definition camera into L13.5 and they can make out a wall 30 feet wide on which the edges are broken up. Just as the water turns murky, Steve sees what looks. Like an opening! He puts the camera down another six ins where they can clearly see an open space between two walls. They decide to perform a sonar scan in a few days. The following morning... While Dumas is looking for voids in the garden shaft over on lot 5, while digging inside the circular structure, Jamie finds what looks like a stone wall that has collapsed in on itself. They call Laird to come take a look. He arrives a short time later and reminds them that the magnetometer scan showed four feet wall, and Jamie thinks the wall looks to be larger than they previously thought. Laird agrees that the wall has probably collapsed in on itself, they will continue digging to open up the wall. As the episode ends, the water keeps flowing into the garden shaft at 1 FT an hour. Where is it coming from? Paul from Dumas is inside the shaft, taking videos at the bottom where the water is flowing in. At 65 feet down, he finds a cavity in a side wall that is completely dry and full of timbers. He says the cavity is not connected to the shaft, Unfortunately, they have to stop the influx of water in order to examine this cavity. Will they get into it next week? Join us then to find out, and in the meantime, stay safe. Please, everyone. There you go. Thank you, Judy. A fantastic job, as usual. Judy's son. <laughs> AI. Am I real or am I AI? Am I a real person here? Or is it AI, Johnny, that's her? You'll never know. Everybody likes Judy's voice. All righty. Now we'll get into some screenshots. Like I said, this will be posted on our Facebook group page, The Quest of Oak Island. 
If you didn't join there from YouTube, please join. Okay, I'm down. Thanks for coming in. Please subscribe. Please like the channel. Please support if you can. If you like this podcast, and hello, everybody on Twitter. We're live at Twitter. Second night in a row. All righty. Well, Holly started the program yesterday, was right at the money pit. Of course, I look around all the places. Showing Marty under the black tent where the water was coming in. At the garden shaft. It's coming in from the walls. No kidding. Dumas said they never saw this before. Well, how can you be a mining company this involved and never involved in a wooden shaft that leaks? You got me. They said they're going to have a setback in the summer, which they did. There they are. Okay, Scottish Digger. It's a spoiler alert here for the whole season. They're thinking it's a booby trap. I don't know, a 65 feet flood tunnel? We got to see. Luann, I asked, nobody knows if it's salt water coming in or spring water. They all told me the top of the island's all spring water. But what about just the swamp water itself? It's got to be a mixture of spring and salt water. Spring on top, salt water on the bottom. So I would say it would be the same. My own personal opinion, I asked. There it is, at 66 feet. Okay, Scottish, put it on after. Grab a beer. Grab a whiskey and relax. Yeah, Linda, the five-finger drains from uh, Smith's Cove still are working. Let me see this again. You guys sick of seeing this map? I sure am. And there we be. And the solution channel is supposedly at 170 feet, moving everything around like a river down there. 
Last year was dry, no water. This year, lots of water, and maybe something opened up. Who the heck knows? It's got Swiss cheese. Hole after hole after hole. Who the heck knows? But they did have 10 inches of rain during that storm. And the tide coming in and out with the with the storm, you can't predict what's going to be flooded or not. And there they are putting the pump in, putting the water pump in. It's mostly likely geological Swiss cheese ground causing. Yeah. Has to be. Could be, Scott. And here they are when they're going to put that multi-urethane foaming. wonder why they didn't do this before. Knowing Oak Island's water problems, you know, below 60 feet, automatically put a waterproofing urethane in there. Or maybe they just wrapped it with a waterproofing sheathing, but it wasn't good enough. And I don't know if they're doing this all the way down from 60 feet to 100 feet. But I hope they do. Lots of holes all over the place. And there's the pump working. Wasn't it weird when they took a board out, a small board out the side of the shaft, that the water was coming out? Then on the other side, they open up a small shaft or a small hole in the shaft, and it's bone dry. Unbelievable. Now we go back to the lot five. Hopefully to find something in the digs there at the 13-foot circular depression. There we go. Some more William Phillips. Phipps. Aged things to his error. I hear you. And they also had a flooding situation. But why don't they just put a 14-foot diameter tent over the dig? You know what I mean? Over these places. Bolt it to the ground somehow. Stake it to the ground and put a tent over these places if they know a storm's coming in. Or maybe the wind's too strong for it to hold. Not just lay a tarp on the water, but have a tent, a tarp over it with legs. But what do I know? You got that right, Tammy. We always get set up. Now they're pumping out the 13-foot shaft. And we got some sonar, sonar action. 
at the money pit. Aladdin's cave. Scott says, I don't find it difficult to believe they're finding things in that area that has been used in the past. No doubt. No doubt. Here they are rotating the sonar. There's Ashley. Kita. Kita furniture, Ashley. William Phillips and the Holy Grail. Wasn't that a movie? And the Crystal Skulls. Yeah, it sounds familiar, Daniel. Hello, Deborah. Hashtag hat if you haven't won a hat. Hashtag hat. Starting to see the sides. There's the straight lines highlighted. You can see them on top there. They look like TikToks. But I don't know what that means. Man-made, unman-made. How'd they get in there? From where? I have no idea. At 150 feet deep. Lordy, 40. Hello, CYN. Thanks for coming in. Please support. Please like. The channel, if you like. There's Aladdin's cave, guys, right there. And they stop it there, looking for the slope on one side, the silt underneath it. There's a closer shot. But if they just buy a camera that the lens don't spin 360 degrees around to spin up the water, have the camera encased, the lens encased in the camera so they can look around with the glass bottom of the camera so they don't disturb the silt. Police, if somebody's out there, get it. Here we are at L13.5 in the money pit area. In order to collect more data inside Aladdin's cave. Well, if they had a better camera, once the dust settles to look around, and why in God's name, holy mooyan, they don't have an underwater metal detector that once it drops past the metal casing in the pole of the pole, and you got it maybe a foot up from the bottom of the Aladdin's cave and turn it on. I don't know if it'll hit that casing for readings, 
And I don't understand why there's no waterproofing metal detector to drop down in there. They do ships in Florida. They're always doing uh, metal detecting uh, on the ocean floor. But for us, no. There they are in the shaft. You see that metal bucket? One side's the ladder. And this thing is the cage that they bring workers up and in. He's in a metal cage there. And that's pulled up and in by the crane. There's our man, Carmen Leg. Now even he wants to see the x-ray one. To examine the metal strap. And that's where it was from. The 13 foot depression on lot five. Then back to the war room. Says it's a clasp. And dates it early 1600s to mid 1700s. Then a rough cut, non perfect nail. And then back to lot five. Get into the deeper layer where Helen found a barrel strap with a nail in it, more barrel parts, with a copper tint to it. He said it was green. Okay, Tammy, have a safe flight. Let us know when you get home. Thank you. Go forward. Be safe. It was fastened to a barrel. And here we go with pieces of the wooden cargo barrels they found years ago. The bottom is the strap. The top tops is the Smaller barrels. They say lot five was used as a staging ground. They want to penetrate uh, the uh, Aladdin's cave at L13.5. There it is. Aladdin's cave, part 45. All right, now we got Raymond that will uh, do Daniel Spino and Charlotte Wheatley's artifact investigation. Again, let me know if you can hear it, if you can see it in chat. Here we go. Ready? Three, two, one. 
Season 11, Episode 8, Avoid at All Costs, Artifact and Feature Analysis. In last night's episode, Avoid at All Costs, the beginning of the episode discusses the torrential rains that hit the island last summer and the effects it had on search operations. The Lot 5 excavation had a significant amount of water that had to be drained and the area dried out before the archaeologists could resume their work. In the meantime, at the interpretive centre, blacksmith Carmen Lager paid a visit to give his opinion on a couple of artefacts that were uncovered previously at the Lot 5 excavation site. The first artefact that Carmen inspected was identified as an iron strap. Carmen had some difficulty analysing the piece, so he asked Emma Culligan to show him a scan of the object. After seeing the scan, Carmen said he believed it was a clasp off a chest or trunk. He estimated that it was a small piece approximately 12 x 12 inches in his opinion. Carmen said he believed it was from the 1600 to 1700 S, which appears to be the date range of most of the artefacts that have been coming from the excavation area. The second piece that Carmen inspected is what was previously identified as an iron fastener. Again, Carmen asks Emma for a picture of the scan so he can better make out the details and give a more accurate assessment. Carmen identifies the piece as a nail and mentions that it was very crude and the head was not ornamental in any way. He said it was used for a crude purpose and probably for a structure. This would indicate a wooden structure. He dates this nail similarly to the clasp from the early 1600s to 1700 ES. Emma mentions the chemical composition is similar to the other Phipps-era related artefacts. The scene shifts to the Lot 5 excavation site, where archaeologist Moya MacDonald discovers an artefact that archaeologist Helen Sheldon inspects and states that it is a barrel strap that consists of copper and iron. Jack Begley mentions that they have found many pieces of barrels including barrel straps, barrel hoops and pieces of barrels in other parts of the island and then speculation that it may be related to treasure in the money pit. Carmen Legge previously estimated that barrel pieces he analysed could go back as far as the 1400s to the 1800s success. Archaeologist Laird Niven visits the other archaeologists working at the Lot 5 excavation site and discusses the structure. Archaeologist Jamie Cooper mentions that it appears there was a rock wall of a structure that seems to have collapsed or was destroyed at the site in her opinion. Laird states that it is a possibility. It seems that the work is taking the team into another section of the structure. The team is finding nails and door pieces and an outline of a larger structure. It appears to have been some sort of habitation or structure that was abandoned and filled in to hide its existence. Why would anyone want to hide their activity on Oak Island? Compendium Investigations has previously mentioned Joshua Morga, who we believe had an involvement with Oak Island. The many barrel pieces that have been found in great quantity suggest to the Compendium that a smuggling operation of goods being shipped was being conducted on Oak Island. Why? In British North America, smuggling was rampant. The black market dealt with West Indian molasses that was needed to distill rum and was a major part of the triangle slave trade. This included other commodities, including sugar, tea, rum and other necessities. This allowed the colonies to balance their deficits with the British Empire. The British wanted American colonists to buy British goods, and not from other counties. Colonists paid duties on these imported goods to discourage this other trade. Smuggling was how colonists ignored these restrictions. Joshua Morgan was the victualler for the Royal Navy at the Fortress of Louisbourg around 1747, until the French were given back the fort. 
1749, Morga relocated to Halifax at its founding. Captain Morga had a fishery and was engaged as a merchant, distiller, slave trader, smuggler and privateer. He had close ties to Mahone Bay and with many people directly involved with the area. This included Ephraim Cook, John Roos, Thomas Lewis and particularly Oak Island lot owner Jonathan Prescott. Governor Edward Cornwallis confronted Morga regarding his suspicious business practices, which included trading with the French at Louisbourg after the transfer in occupation. In the fall of 1749, Morga received sundry merchandise and stores from Louisbourg. Morga manipulated the situation to avoid the trade restrictions imposed by Cornwallis, who was anxious to sever all ties with the French. In 1750, Morga had permission to land ten hogsheads of wine from Louisbourg, but Cornwallis ordered him to return 22 hogsheads. He charged that Morga was making Halifax a repository for goods from Louisbourg. In November 1751, Cornwallis ordered the seizure of a ship carrying contraband from Louisbourg and accused Morga of receiving the goods. His warehouse was searched and rum was confiscated. Cornwallis wanted the Board of Trade to replace Morga as victualler to the Royal Navy. He was concerned that Nova Scotia would become a rendezvous for smugglers. Morga had powerful connections and continued his business practices. It is conceivable that through his business network, Morga was using Oak Island as a link in his smuggling enterprise. In last week's Drilling Down episode, Doug Crowell mentioned that the team had found a part of an old French wine bottle at the Lot 5 excavation site. Previously, the team found what was identified as a wine bottle near the Stone Road feature, which archaeologist Laird Niven dated to the 1700s-S. Could this be related to Morga's activity on Oak Island? Please visit www www.thuakislandcompendium.com for the entire article and more of our content on the Oak Island mystery. Good day from the compendium. Daniel and Charlotte. Thank you so much, Daniel and Charlotte. Go to the compendium, see everything they offer. I support them a hundred, a thousand percent. Yup, R&B. That was. Raymond, Judy was Madison. That, at least we get the job done, you know what I mean, guys? And go to his page, his blog, to get better pictures. For some reason, the pictures were getting blown up in my AI. For some reason, I couldn't scale them down, but I don't know the tech solutions to that. So I just went with it. All right, here we are. There's Steve. Finally putting the camera down. We're going down. And there's the Spectrum 120 with a rotating head that is a propeller for water even if they go real slow it still stirs up too much sediment and silt here we go paul trotman says it looks like an edge what do you guys think i got a couple of pictures like this here to go over 
I do see a square right hand side and the top side. There's a better picture, a little clearer. He's asking Terry Matheson what he thinks, the geologist. Yep, Scott Corner, yep. You're very welcome, Daniel. Here's the top of the void. To the right is the light of the camera. As you go down deeper, that's what they were looking for, that dark spot where my window is here. Another edge. It's always got to be blurry. Then they're looking at the wall of the cavern. They probably do, Linda. They probably do. And I know they try to turn the camera slow with the 360, but it doesn't take much to uh, kick up the silt. And Steve comes back to the monitor and says, it looks like a tunnel, the dark spot, which I agree with him, or just another void in a non-man-made tunnel. They got to put that possible man-made. But I think this is a natural void, just like C1. They're looking at that dark spot right in front of you that's an open space to the left the light of the camera's hitting that wall and here they are going into that dark space another one back to lot five Here we be. They think that's the edge of the wall, like Daniel said. And Judy said, like this was a building that fell in to itself, then buried. For what reason? No idea. It predates the money pit. Well, people got to stay someplace. Yes, Scott, that's all I know is I was always told there's spring water on top, salt water on the bottom. So I guess salt water is more heavier when you got spring-fed wells on the island. Obviously, they had a bunch of wells on the island, and they're not drinking salt water. So and they're just... There's Jack, the sifter. And his famous words are, if you talk to Jack and tell him something, what does Jack say? No way. Jack, what about this item? No way. That's all I ever hear him say. But I like him. 
there was Scott. And they're looking inside the shaft wall. Now, Dumas has that hand camera like I got on a long handle to get some video of the inside shaft and where the water might be coming in. Look at that leak. Lordy, forty. Look at that leak. Oh, my Lord. That's some leakage there, guys. How about that leak? That's even worse. Well, you got to run them pumps, man. Run them pumps. There he is, taking some pictures, real, that we want to see down there in the shaft. And I guess they're at 66 feet. As they open up that little board, and the water's just pouring in. But how can it be just coming in that 8-inch section, and the rest of the wall, it's not leaking? I have no idea. Not unless there's a cavern on that side that acts like a little... Or big gutter that just hits that side of the wall. I don't know. See what I'm saying? That cracks me up. They're sitting in the cage. They, they lower down with the crane. You see them in that cage, that gray cage. So I think they're at 66 feet. Very, very weird. Then they open up this part, which you know in the promos, they open up the whole sidewall mostly, so Rick can take a look in there. Yep, Judy, very interesting. And here he is sticking the camera in that void. And this is what's inside the void. What do you see? Timber on the right. Side void. Or what they want to call offset chamber. Sounds a lot better than a empty void on the one side of the shaft. Could have they used this shaft when they made this uh shaft and put materials in this void like scott said as they're building i don't know yep some small rocks just an empty void dry i still always look for drill holes they put so many drill holes around the area you know it hit bedrock or dirt i never see them on anything like this but that's the inside of this void <clears throat> flex seal bill swift so they're at 65 feet in the cage that's where the water's coming in 
not from the bottom, but from 65 feet. I think the uh, shaft right now is still at about, what, 87 feet, I think they are. <clears throat> and he says, there's a little cavern there. Showing him a picture on his phone. And it's not connected to the garden shaft. It's off to the side. Very strange. Very strange. The next week, Rick goes into that cavern, and he says, if there's gold in that void, that would be huge. <laughs> You're not a kidding. And there they are, opening up the side of the garden shaft to go in that void. And, of course, they got to tell us there's something there. Lordy, 40. Unbelievable, guys. Unbelievable. I'll give you one little thing for next week. And there's Scott. He's saying something that they found to represent the Holy Grail. Lordy 40, holy mooyan, stay tuned for next week's episode. Oh, my. <laughs> well, that's about all I got for today. Not unless you guys got some questions. We'll be ready to do the hat giveaway. Hello, Pauline. You think the 65-foot side chamber was in the Muyan? Holy Muyan! I don't know what they're showing us. The Muyan technology is supposed to show us everything. So we don't dig like they're digging now, like crazy, Swiss cheese. Muyan technology is supposed to show us a spot, identify that spot, and then drill it, put a camera in. You come up with gold, you come up with nothing, okay, on to the next hot spot. But obviously they're not doing that, so we'll see. So everybody put in, and I have won a Quest hat, hashtag hat, that I'll be doing very shortly. In fact, I'm going to get it to come up here. Let me see what we got here. We got 12 entries. Then if you're international, I need your phone number. Give me all your information at the Quest of Oak Island at AOL.com. If you give it to me right after the show, I can mail it out tomorrow morning. So let's uh, get to the prize. Let's see here.
We got 13 entries. Hashtag hat. If you never won one before, and if you did for some reason, put it in. Please tell me if you had one. And uh, we'll just uh, redraw. You can't be on Facebook to do it. You have to be on the StreamYard streaming service to let them use your profile name and picture. That's all it takes is your picture and your name. No other information. So I'll give you a couple of seconds. We're at 13. You think that's about it? One out of 13 chance. That's pretty good odds there. Patricia, the solution channel is a channel underneath the money pit that's about 170 feet deep, like a river, sort of, on the bottom of the money pit. Also, you can go to my Facebook group, Quest of Oak Island, and past videos on YouTube. It will explain it all. We got 15. Bob, 15. You got it, Patricia. You're very welcome. And also in the Facebook group quest, where the search bar is, I have so many things going on in the group. You have to put it in the search bar, and it should come up on the Facebook group. And whatever you guys want to know in past episodes, past statements for years. Scott Wells. We got 16 entries. Is that about it? All right, guys. Here we go. 16 going once. 16 going twice. 16 going three times. Three, two, one. Super! Is he here? Is Super in the house? He's the winner. Super, where are you? Please contact me so I can get that hat right out to you. Enjoy. We'll see if he replies in text, guys. Super gets a Quest of Oak Island. Personal hat from me. Lordy 40. Holy moly on there, Super. Yoo-hoo. You're a winner. You're a winner. You're a winner, Super. Very, very good. All right, so I'll... Yup. Let her contact me. Oh, dang it. Okay. 
that's about all I got for today. The show was pretty good last night, better than most. We'll be on, or I'll be on pre-show next Tuesday. But all this holy grail, and they find that big chain in the hook in the swamp. And some kind of jewelry is found on lot five. Looks like a ring. If you look at my past episodes of promos, you'll see what it is. But I don't want to keep on posting all my promos for my pre-show. Then I'll have nothing to say like usual. So I showed you Scott. I showed you them into the uh, garden shaft, taking that wall apart to go in the cavern. So we'll see you next Tuesday pre-show at 6.45 p.m., pre-show Tuesday. Anything that comes up in between of importance, you'll know. That's why I hit that notification bell on YouTube to know when I pop on. All right? I hope Judy gets better so she'll be with me next Wednesday at 6.45 so we can lay off Madison. But let her take her time. Don't worry about it. Great synopsis tonight, Judy. But guys, what do I always tell you? What? Always go forward. You may get a setback in your life, but just believe in your dreams. No matter how old you are, it doesn't matter. But remember this, tomorrow is never given. Never in this crazy world we live in. I can't even watch the news anymore. I can't take it anymore. So as my friend Jan always tells me, you keep smiling. You never know what that other person's going through. You stay safe. Also, you guys stay strong and have that positive vibe. You stay positive physically, mentally. Everyone, please. Thank you for joining me tonight. Like I said, I'll see you pre-show Tuesday at 6.45 and with Judy on Wednesday. Watch the channels for any updates. I hope you enjoyed the show. Thank you. Take care. And bye-bye.